Well, we've had a couple days that were a little gloomy, haven't we? And it's still a little gloomy. And it's been a little dark in here for the last 20 minutes. And I'm a little worried about you being awake right now. So why don't we stand up for a second, okay? And turn to our neighbors and say, wake up. No, don't do that. Just shake hands, okay? Okay, you can have a seat if you'll stay awake. Dan really led right into what I want to have to, to say today and what I'm talking about. He, he talked about the way that we sacrifice for one another. And, and really, in my mind, it leads into what I'm thinking about in terms of encouragement and how what we do can encourage others. You know, at the end of my first preaching ministry, it was a relatively short ministry because I had been in seminary and we were moving on to some other things. And, and this was a church who had had a very long history, but I was sort of reflecting, thinking, man, have I really made any difference in the life of this church? Have I done anything that lasts as you look back over, you know, this had been a, minister, a church of 100 years and, and my few short years there, had it really impacted that church in any way? And, and I was beginning to think maybe it hadn't, you know? Uh, I hadn't made that much of a difference. And then one of the guys in the church wanted to talk to me. It was one of my last two or three Sundays there. And he came to me, and, and this was a guy, a younger guy, I hadn't really connected with that well. He's really friendly. He had married one of the girls in the church who grew up in the church, and I had done their wedding, but, but I hadn't really gotten a relationship with him. But he came to me and said, you know, I've been listening to your sermons, and I, they've really affected me, they've impacted me, and I want to be baptized into Christ, and I want you to do it before you leave. And you know, that, just that one small thing said to me, you know, if I didn't have a huge impact on the church, I had an impact on life. And that was really important for me in that moment. Now, you know, the fact that he was baptized changed his life and his eternity more than any of that affected me. And it wasn't really about me. But the point is, it's amazing where encouragement can come from at times in our lives. There are times we need encouragement, right? I mean, sometimes it's easy for us to look in our lives and focus on the failure, to see the things that we wish we had done, to see where we wish we had done more than we could accomplish, to see where we failed ourselves and others and God, and all that mounts up on us, and we just, we don't feel very good about where we are in life or what we've done, and we want more out of life, and we want to do more in life, and we live in a culture that focuses on negativity, right? People get on all sorts of social media and they tear each other apart. We live in a culture where that's just commonplace. And so again, we notice the negative rather than the positive. And sometimes we can pretend that words don't matter. We can say that what someone says about me or someone I love or about my life or what I've done doesn't matter that much, but we know that it does. We know that stuff stays with us. But you know, the negative stays with us, but the positive can have a pretty important impact on us as well. It's easy for us to focus on the negative rather than the positive, but when, when someone has the right word in the right moment, or they do the right thing when we need it the most, 
that can have a powerful impact on where we are and how we look at life, how we understand ourselves, and how we understand other people. And so today, as we continue in this series that I'm calling Offering, we're thinking about relationships. It's not our offering to God so much as our offering to one another. How do we give ourselves in relationships in ways that really do matter, that make a difference in the lives around us and build healthy and strong relationships? That's what we're thinking about. And today, I want us to think about how we can offer encouragement and what kind of difference that makes to the people around us. To do that, I want us to turn to a letter of Paul. You know, when we think about Paul's letters, what usually comes to mind are the the many letters that we have that were written to churches. Paul writing to correct some error in teaching, to encourage churches, to tell them how they should live, address some problem that's in the church. But we have four letters that Paul wrote to individuals. Two to a young man named Timothy, and I want us to look at the first of those letters today. Timothy was a young man that Paul encountered on one of his missionary journeys. He's going around founding churches, and he finds Timothy, a a young man of a father who's a Gentile, a mother who's a Jew, who had been taught the, the ways of faith by his mother and his grandmother. And Paul sees something in Timothy that I think he didn't see in most people around him. He sees the opportunity to bring him along in ministry. And so Timothy begins to travel with Paul. And he learns, he sees so much of Paul's ministry firsthand. And he becomes almost a, an assistant, a lieutenant of Paul. And so Timothy's the one who can carry messages from Paul to other churches and bring messages back from those churches, even carrying some of Paul's letters. And then near the end of Paul's life, when Paul has been arrested and is suffering because of his faith, waiting trial, trial before Caesar, Timothy becomes an extension of Paul's ministry. Because Paul can't go around and speak to churches anymore, but but Timothy can do that. And so Timothy becomes one of his most trusted advisors, most trusted assistants in ministry, especially near the end of his ministry. And in the midst of all that, Paul felt a need to write a couple letters to Timothy. Now, some of these things that Paul says in these letters are, okay, this is how you deal with this ministry issue. This is how you deal with this teaching issue. And in fact, in 1 Timothy, we see Paul addressing some false teaching that Timothy has encountered, and he's helping Timothy understand how you respond to that false teaching, how you battle that false teaching, and make sure the churches were hearing what was correct. But then, I think Paul saw that Timothy needed something else. Not just training in ministry, not just you know, correcting false teaching, not just ministry tips, but something a little bit deeper, something a little more personal. And we pick that up in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul writes these words to Timothy beginning in verse 11. He says, command and teach these things. All this stuff about the false teaching, deal with that. Verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, whenever we read one of Paul's letters, it's always a little bit like hearing half of a telephone conversation, right? Somebody's standing with you and they're on the phone and you're hearing what they say, but you're not really sure what's being said on the other end, right? And that's what we have here. We know what Paul's saying But we don't know what Timothy may have written to Paul or what kind of conversation they've had. We don't know exactly what Timothy is encountering, but but we get some hints here. Paul says, don't let them look down on you because you're young. 
Now, most of us know a little bit about what he's talking about. We may have to think back a varying number of years to get back to that point, right? I used to have this problem. It doesn't exist anymore. But, but it's still there for some of you. But we know, what, we know what Paul's talking about. Because we remember. When we had an idea, and we shared that idea in the workplace, or maybe even in church, and somebody looked at us like, man, you're naive, right? You don't really know how the world works. In a few years, you'll understand that, that that's pretty stupid, even though we knew it was a pretty good idea. And maybe it was even proved out later that it would have been a good idea. We know what it is for somebody to look at us and say, he or she, they don't really know what they're talking about because they just haven't been around long enough to get it. They haven't been doing this as long as I have to know that's just not going to work. And apparently Timothy had encountered some of that. Because Paul says, don't let them look down on you. Don't let them ignore you because you're still young. But then he goes on there in verse 12. He says, set an example. Because Paul knew that if Timothy set an example, if he was the right kind of person, then even in his youth, he was going to have the ability to speak into difficult and complex problems. And he says this in, in several specific ways. Set an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. Speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. Because if the people around you serving in the churches that you're serving in see the kind of person who says the right things and is the right kind of person, they see you acting on your faith. It's not just words, it's who you are, and you're treating them with love, and your faith is evident above all of that. Guess what? You're going to earn the right to speak. Now, maybe they should have recognized that before, but Paul knows how human nature works. And so he says, listen. Be the right person, and then you can lead in the right way. People will listen. You're going to earn the right to speak. Verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Paul says you've been called to something. You've been called to ministry. And in fact, the elders of the church have confirmed this ministry. It's not just something you dreamed up. It's not just something you decided to do. But the church has chosen you and set you aside to do this ministry. Now, you're going to do it. And if somebody says you're not qualified, if somebody says you're not good enough, if somebody says you're too young, you need to get more experience, what you say is, I have been set apart to do this ministry. And you continue preaching and teaching the message that you've been given. Don't back off. You see, Paul could look into this life. He could look at Timothy and recognize that he had something to say. And that something needed to be said, and he shouldn't back off from what God had called him to do. And so he says, stand up and read Scripture. So the authority is not just Timothy, right? It's not just here's some helpful hints for living. It's this is what Scripture has to say. This is what God has had to say. And let me tell you how you take it and use it and share it and live it out. That's what Paul's saying to Timothy. Verse 15. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself 
holy to them so that everyone may see your progress. It, to me, it's as if you've got Timothy and they're, you know, in the locker room at halftime and Paul is like, we got we to make this happen. You've got to give everything you've got. You can't hold anything back. You've got to go out there and leave everything on the field. You don't get to hold back anything from God. When you are in ministry for God, you take it all out and you give Him everything you've got. Verse 16, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So watch how you live. Watch what you believe. Because if those things are right and they're lined up, right? It's not just that you have this head knowledge and you believe this stuff, but this stuff is at work in your life and you're living it out and people can see it. They can see your character. They can see the kind of person you are. If you do that, people are going to be drawn not just to you, but to Jesus. And that's what matters. So whether you're being criticized or whether somebody's saying you're too young or you don't have enough knowledge, or whatever it is, you just keep going. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. So what did Paul see that Timothy needed? To me, it's pretty clear. Paul saw that Timothy needed encouragement. Paul saw that Timothy was in a place... And I'm, I'm guessing a little bit here. But if you look at Timothy and what Paul is saying to him, it's as if Timothy's got a choice to make. He's facing some opposition in ministry, facing some opposition in some things that he feels strongly about. And he, he's got to decide, am I going to continue in this? Or am I going to quit? Am I going to back down? And am I going to let the naysayers keep me from fulfilling God's call on my life? He's got a decision to make. And so Paul says, keep going. Keep going. It's encouragement. And we need that. Many of us are desperate for that. In fact, the lesson that I draw from this is that encouragement keeps us going. Timothy needed it. I need it. You need it. To continue in what God has called us to do, whether we're in professional full-time ministry or whether we're just doing what God has called us to do in life, which is what every single one of us are called to do. And we need encouragement. We need people who are standing there waiting to walk with us along the line and help us keep giving because there are going to be times when it will be easier to say, you know what? Why don't I just keep quiet about all this? Because not everybody wants to hear about my faith and not everyone wants to be associated with a person who believes in Jesus Christ. And if I just sort of shut it down, it's going to be a whole lot easier on me. And we have to decide. And you know, in those moments, we have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God encourages us to keep going. But you know, sometimes God uses other people, other Christians, to encourage us to keep going in the faith. We need the Spirit of God. We need each other as well. So how does this work? What does this mean? The people around you need encouragement. It's easy to think about my own need for encouragement, right? And we forget that the people around us 
The people in this room, the people in our families, the people in churches that we've served in before, they need our encouragement for a couple reasons. Encouragement helps us see ourselves more clearly. It's easy to be defined by our failures. It's easy to be defined by the things that we don't think we do very well. And I can imagine Timothy in this situation with people saying, hey, Timothy, we're not really sure you're called to do this. Hey, Timothy, you're really too young to be doing this. For him to take all that in and sort of swallow it. And Paul's saying, don't do that. Don't do it. Keep going. Believe what is true about yourself. And Paul's helping Timothy see the truth that he was called by the church to do this. This wasn't just random. It wasn't something he decided he was good enough to do. It was something that the church surrounded him with and called him to do this. So Paul's asking him to see himself more clearly. It's easy when we get in our heads for too long, right? And notice what we've done wrong. And notice where we wish we had done more, to believe all of that. And Paul's trying to help Timothy see more. Second, encouragement helps us get unstuck. Have you ever been stuck in a pattern of thinking? Have you ever been stuck sort of doing the same thing and hoping something was going to turn out different and it never does? Have you ever been stuck in criticism? Have you ever been stuck in self-criticism? Paul's trying to help Timothy get unstuck. And that's what we need to do for one another. When we see someone who seems a little stuck, it's up to us to say, hey, here's another path. Here's a way you can get through this. Yes, I know you've got the strength to make it through. We need people to help us get unstuck. We need people to help us see problems, situations, challenges, opportunities through new eyes. And if you find someone who can do that, hang on to them. Because we need people who are with us in life that can help us see things through new eyes and get unstuck. That can sometimes be the greatest encouragement. We've got to make the decision to do this. It's not always natural. Sometimes we notice the faults in people. We notice what they've messed up more than we see their potential. Paul tended to see the potential in people, the potential in someone like Timothy. You know, at the beginning of last year, the beginning of 2017, I began reading a book. It was a book of letters by a man named Henri Nouwen. And I've read lots of Nouwen's book. In fact, he's one of the most important people for me spiritually. He's taught me a lot through his... He's been dead for 20 years. He's taught me a lot through his writing about ministry and about life. But I found this book of his letters, and it was really different from anything else that I've read. And, and because they were personal letters, I mean, they were letters to individuals, not to churches or groups of people, but to individuals... I saw a side of him that I had not seen before, a more personal side. And these letters went all the way back to the late 50s. And, and what struck me was over and over, he's writing to people who have written to him about something in their lives. And what he was doing was encouraging them. He was letting them know that he was praying for them. He was letting them see options that maybe they hadn't seen on their own. He was telling them that God had prepared them for this moment. He was encouraging them to keep going. And that's what encouragement does. It keeps us going. You know, I was so struck by these letters that he wrote. I thought, you know what? And it's one of those moments when you go, why didn't I think of this before, right? Why did it take this for this to come into my head? 
thought, you know, I don't write as well as Henri Nouwen, but I do know how to take a pen and put words on paper, right? Yes, I know how to do that. I could write encouraging letters to people and encouraging notes to people. And so I made it my goal that every day during that year I would read one of his letters and then I would write a note to somebody, somebody in my life who I thought could use just a, a line or two of encouragement. And you know, I found out that was something that was very doable. It, it didn't take that much time. Just took a few minutes of thinking about people in my life and, and what words might help them. Now, maybe they helped, maybe they didn't. I don't know, but, but my hope is, my prayer is that there was some encouragement there that help people get through some moments. Or maybe just let them know that they're doing a great job in what they're doing. And I think it's something that we could all do. And I think we would have stronger families, a stronger church, and a stronger witness from this church to Christians all around us and even throughout the world if we all did that. And, and maybe it's not every day. It doesn't have to be every day. It could be once a week. You know, if you wrote an encouraging note to someone once a week, it's not hard to do the math, right? 52 times 1, it's 52 notes a year. That's a lot of people who would be encouraged by you with just like five minutes a week. It's easy to do. And it doesn't have to be a note. It could be an email, it could be a text message, a message on Facebook, whatever way you communicate the best. You could do it. Now, today I put a little card in each one of the bulletins. And I'm, I'm asking you to take that little card. And if you will, even now, if you don't mind taking out a pen, who are three people? Or if it's just one, I'm even okay with that. Who is one person or two people or three people that you can encourage this week? Not sometime in the future, but this week. That just need something from you to say, Man, you've, you've done something awesome that's made a difference in my life. Or, I know this is a hard time. I'm praying that God will carry you through. Or keep doing the stuff that you're doing. Or if you're facing some discouragement, keep going because you've got the strength and the ability to get through this. In fact, if you wanted to take out your cell phone right now, it would be okay. You could send, everybody silence your phones now, because if you start texting one another, it's going to be bedlam here, okay? But it would be okay if you texted somebody right now to say, I'm praying for you. I know this is a hard time, but I'm praying God's going to carry you through. Or, man, what you did last week was awesome. I know God's going to do more of that through you. Or whatever it is that you know this person needs. It's a great way for us to share what, what God has done with people who need to hear it. And it can help them carry through. We just don't know. You know, I think God puts those faces and names in our mind for a reason. I don't think that's accidental when God's Spirit says, you know what, you need to reach out to this person. Okay? We need to act on that. Encouragement keeps us going. And when we encourage one another, we're encouraging faith and growth and witness and evangelism and care. Wow. 
And that's a powerful thing. So find somebody to encourage this week. Let's pray together. We're encouraged through your spirit, we know. Every day. You keep us going. And God, we're thankful for that. And God, we pray that you'll help us to be encouragers. We see encouragers all the way through Scripture. And God, we want to be those people that help people grow in their faith, help them keep going. God, use us in that way. Help us to offer ourselves in the relationships that we have by encouraging people. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus Christ, the greatest encouragement we have, which is you're so valuable, so important to God that he sent his son to die on a cross for your sins, and he invites you to spend eternity with him through that. So if you made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, we want to know about it. Let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation today. Let's stand together.